Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports. We have a great episode coming at you in a few, but first we have to tell you about all of the places you can find us. BleacherBrawls.com is the home for our Yankees and Red Sox columns, football, basketball, soccer content, as well as movie reviews, quizzes, and plenty of trash talk. Our YouTube channel has a few videos a week with picks, predictions, our prospect pipeline series, and more. Our main social media hub is Twitter, at Bleacher Brawl, where you can give us any feedback, ask us any questions, follow us to be the first to hear about our latest content. This podcast is available on your listening app of choice, and when you finish listening to today's super exciting episode, you'll want to drop us a five-star review. Let's get on with the show. All right, everybody, welcome into your Tuesday morning, uh, Wednesday morning, Tuesday evening episode of Bleacher Brawls. I'm your host for the night, John. Uh, get to take over hosting duties, guest appearance. I'm very excited about it. Uh, you got your New York Yankees crew here. I'm always glad to hang out with these guys. Good times. Um, we got Kasim and Barnes and ready to say hi. Let's throw it over right into the first pitch. Kasim, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Everything's going well. A couple more days, we're done, guys. So we'll be back to our regular schedule. <clears throat> Barnes, Barnes, I know you've been coaching outside a lot, maybe a little under the weather be because of it, but how's it going? How's the coaching going? How's life? Coaching's going well. I'm feeling a little under the weather right now. Like For the viewers at home, I'm literally sitting in my little home office. I've got sweatpants. I've got a t-shirt on. I've got a sweatshirt on. I've got my jacket on. I have a little Eskimo hat on. Like I'm just bundled up like it's middle of winter. I'm trying to get better. Just like that schlub Josh Donaldson is in Somerset, who uh, in his first at-bat in Somerset, grounded at the third. So, yeah, you could say he's like back to normal. <laughs> well guys i'm doing pretty good myself um i'm down here obviously as everyone knows i live down here in texas i got my wife has a huge family like her, her immediate family is a bit smaller but big family outside of that everyone supports each other uh likes to do things for each other whatever we're always you know everyone's always together so yesterday we got the invite to go to my five-year-old nephew's t-ball game which you guys know me i love baseball i'm excited I'm ready to go. I'm hyping up my daughters. Oh, we're going to go see your cousin. Like, get excited. We're going to cheer for him. And my wife did mention, she's like, you can, you know, like, stay at home if you want. You don't feel obligated to go to the T-ball game. I'm like, what are you, are you kidding me? Of course I want to go to the T-ball game. Uh, we get there, and I see why my wife is like, maybe you shouldn't go. My The team my nephew plays for is the Astros. So, that made things a little, uh, I got there, you know, I wasn't particularly excited about it. And I, I straight up told, you know, everybody, I'm like, look, you know, I hope Whalen has a good game. I hope he goes four for four, maybe an extra base hit in there. Uh, maybe he gets to field the ball, but I really, really, really want his team to lose. Like I'm not rooting for the Astros. I don't care if it's my five-year-old nephew's T-ball team. There's no room for the Astros. Even my daughter. My daughter says to me, like, oh, dad, like, does this mean we, this is the one time we root for the Astros? I said, absolutely not. No, these cheaters do not deserve it. They should have gave these T-ball kids a better name, and it's their own fault. Baseball is a beautiful sport. You can root for your cousin to go four for four, have a great game, but still lose. So uh, my daughter learned a very valuable lesson about baseball uh, yesterday. And lastly, um, 
I made a couple of comments, like a third baseman misplayed a ball, and I just kind of made a wise remark about um, Alex Bregman. And this woman kind of off to the side of me, like, shoots me a look real quick. And I had not noticed before I made that remark that she was wearing an uh, Alex Bregman T-shirt. But I was in a Joe DiMaggio Yankees, you know, shirt. So, like, they should have seen it coming. But all in all, uh, my nephew did have a good game, and the Astros did not win. So, that was fantastic. Yeah. And fortunately, my wife's family realizes how crazy I am. And like, they weren't offended that I was not rooting for his team. Like, try not to be too blatant about, like, yeah, when the other team scored. Um, so, yeah, that, that was that was my uh, Monday evening story. So, uh, doing good. Did, did you see a five-year-old start banging on one of the trash cans, stealing signs? Meanwhile, he's like picking his nose, too. So, you don't really know if he's calling a sign or picking his nose yeah yeah exactly and every time they ate it because of course they're the astros of course they were eating their boogers like i'm like that has to be the sign them eating boogers has to be a sign that's something the astros would do um i'm glad you know the interesting thing was like most of those t-ball kids were about as tall as out jose altuve anyway so you kind of get confused like you see out there seems like he'd cheat in the t-ball game (laughs) oh man so moving on to our agenda tonight the big news of the weekend for the most part i think we're all happy with the way the yankees have been playing the one big disappointment of course being john carlos stanton and you guys know it i am a, been trying to be loyal to stanton say he can do it have faith in him i've been very um i guess you could say loop like with his support of high bloom that's what i've been with john carlos stanton like he didn't really deserve it but i was doing it anyway pat to bobby dahlback that's maybe another good example uh, no, Stanton's better than Dahlback. But anyway, Stanton, big disappointment. He gets hurt, decelerating, like slowing down, and he hurts his hamstring. So this is Stanton. This is what he's going to be. Guys, first off, he says he's going to be out for six weeks. I think we know it's going to be longer than that. So how does this play out in your minds with the outfield and DH situation? How do you see this kind of rotation? Who fills in these next couple of weeks until we see Harrison Bader back? Yes, let's hear from you first. Well, like I said, no, I'm, uh, this, is, this is the problem with Stanton is that he gets off to a great start, then he gets hurt. Um, right when he went into second and they pinched run, I'm like, just the way he went into second, I kind of knew like something's wrong. And it's a bummer. He's he's such a great player, but uh, the injuries, it, it's becoming fragile for him. But the way the outfield should shake out, now they got a reason to keep Aaron Hicks. Franchi Cordero will end up get him more at bats which i like um until bader gets back so the way the dh will go they'll probably dh lemayhu or donaldson with donaldson coming back uh, i know they called up peraza i don't know what happened after that um they're gonna keep probably willie calhoun so that would help uh they just got to hang in there until he gets back. I mean, I think once Bader gets back, I think the outfield will be kind of set. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge loss. Uh, Stanton was off to a great year. I, I just, I hate it. You know, Stanton is like my guy too, John. I root for him very, very much. I love him. I think he's a hell of a player. One of my favorite players, even when he was with Miami. And, uh, you know, it's a bummer. But uh, I think the Yankees can get through. It's just a matter of, if you could just get the other pieces back, like, you know, some of our starting pitching with Bader coming back, I think our, the team will be just fine. But you're going to see the DH spot like a revolving door with Donaldson, LeMayu, probably Torres, 
you know, anybody needs a day off, they'll probably throw him at DH. But I'm really excited about Frenchy Cordero, man. I think we're more at bats with him. I think he's going to – I'm not saying that uh, you're not going to miss Stanton, but Frenchy can hit. And I think with more opportunities, I think he's going to really help this ball club. So that was a great diamond in the rough pickup by uh, Brian Cashman. I know uh, – so I kind of like it. So we'll see what happens. But we got – we got. I, like I said from the beginning in my last show that we're not going to, I'm not going to judge this team until like June or July. So we'll see where they're at from then. Yeah, definitely. And I like how you mentioned the DH being the revolving door. I think that's the silver lining of all this happening. Staying really clogs up the DH spot. And now you get the chance to rest guys a little bit more. So Barnes, I want to hear from you, your thoughts on kind of like the, every, what you're going to see kind of how the DH is going to rotate and how the everyday outfield is going to kind of play out in your mind. Uh, I think Kasim nailed it. I think the DH is going to revolve around. It's going to be DJ LeMahieu. It's going to be Glaber Torres. I think once Donaldson gets back up, you'll see him play in the DH role mixed in with third base, depending on, you know, rest days in the field and all that good stuff. Um, I, I, I think one of the big things here is, and I, I don't want to say it, and come off in a in a tough way or a, the wrong way, but Sean, you said it. Stanton clogs up the DH spot. He clogs up kind of the team. You know, uh, if Stan is not playing in the outfield, he's definitely slotted at the DH. You know, I think when we were talking in the off season, if hey, if you could get Stanton to play in the outfield, get him to play a couple times a week, it gives the freedom to have DJ. You know, bat maybe even a little bit lower in the order lead off. And, you know, uh, today, April 18th, uh, you saw DJ hit fifth in the lineup, which I think is great. You know, I, I'm not saying it's his ideal spot, but we all know DJ historically is pretty good with runners in scoring position. So you're getting a chance to hit guys in. He doesn't have the home run bat, so to speak, like Stanton or Cordero, but you know, he's going to put the ball in play. He's going to move the runners around so, and we saw Volpe start leading off, Volpe, Judge, uh, Rizzo, uh, Torres, then DJ. And I, I really like that top five of the lineup. Obviously, you're missing a little bit of power with Stanton not there. But overall, it's not too bad. As for the everyday starting outfield, once Bader gets back, it's Cabrera, it's Bader, it's Judge. You know, the, there's no questions asked. Obviously, you're going to have those rest days in between. But, you know, I think, Cass, I actually think Willie Calhoun might get dropped back down once Bader's back up. I don't know. Who would they keep then? I mean, who would they – yeah, who would they keep on the bench? Well, you need to move a guy down so Bader can come up. Yeah, but I think Peraza is the one that's going to be sent down. You think? Peraza's actually out of options, so they'd have to DFA him. I think you have either Calhoun or Frenchy Cordero is the one that would – is kind of borderline unless they're just finally going to cut ties with Aaron Hicks. Wait, Honestly. hold on. Peraza's out of options already? Yeah. Yeah. What the? Uh, yeah. Derek can explain it better than I can. So. <laughs> uh, <kaboom. laughs> it didn't make sense, but I guess because something having to do with him at spring training, one of those years, I, I don't know. Derek can explain it better than I can, but yes, he, he's out of options. This is it with Oswaldo Peraza. I don't know about that because Boone said that the minute Donaldson gets back, Peraza's going back down. So there's no way he's going to be hitting 
waivers were designated for assignment. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, well, yeah. When when Peraza or when Donaldson's back, Peraza's going down. But what yeah. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, when Bader gets back, which outfielder moves down? It's got to it, it probably probably Calhoun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. that's what I mean. So I, I yeah. you know, Willie Calhoun. You had a great spring training. You haven't really done much with your opportunity here in the majors, whereas Franchi has really taken, uh, taken the you know the lifetime of the opportunity. And you know he's won me some money. I bet on Franchi Cordero to hit a couple home runs. It was great, uh, and I cashed in on him. So thanks, Franchi. John, what do you think about the outfield situation? I think the next couple of weeks is just going to kind of be patch it together and play whoever is hot. Uh, I. Look, I mean, as much as we give those Red Sox guys a hard time about Franchi Cordero, <clears throat> I think he's a good player, but he's so streaky. He seems to have cooled off for a minute. So does he see the guy that sits over the next like week or so? And then you put Calhoun in right field while you rotate that DH with Donaldson, Rizzo, LeMahieu, Torres. All those guys could use uh, days at the DH. It's going to be tricky. I think uh, – then again, Castle was saying if Cal, if Willie uh, Franchi Cordero gets hot again, that's a guy you're playing every day because when he's hot, that guy's on fire. Um, so I think that's how it's going to play out. A lot of rotation in the DH with those infield guys that are a bit older that can use a day or off or two from the field, and then you're playing the hot hand in the outfield. Um, but as we talked this through, it actually seems like the Yankees are pretty well prepared for this stand injury. Like. They were, yeah, they were absolutely prepared for it. So that leads me to my next question, which is really, is we're not going to have a definitive answer, of course, but I have to ask you guys, why is staying always hurt? Barnes, you are a track coach. You are an athlete. You understand weight training. How is this guy always getting hurt when he's in such a tremendous shape? I'm going to be honest with you. I have not figured this out. The only thing I can think of right now and maybe the last couple seasons is uh, truth be told, I'm 31 years old, almost 32. I just eked into the dude. I think I'm starting to get old phase. I woke up this morning, my lower back hurt, my knee had some pain. I was like, oh, why is my toe hurt? Like, I think my earlobe is falling off too. Like, just I'm starting to fall apart. Obviously, John Carlos Stan and anyone in professional sports is a professional athlete. They get the best care possible. Uh, and as cliche as it may be, but and I hate using it, but I see it as I, I'm coaching some of the guys that I coach is uh, sometimes people are just injury prone. And I don't really understand how he's pulling up when he's like how he's pulling a muscle when he's decelerating like that blows my mind. But uh, I mean, John, I think what I think what you said here is uh, the Yankees are pretty prepared for the Stanton injury. And I think they have to be prepared because, well, you're buying a liability, so to speak. Like, hey, like, hey, here's a car. Hey, you should get car insurance. I'm just going to let you know. I'm not saying you're going to need car insurance. I'm not saying you're a bad driver. I'm not saying you're going to get into an accident. But eh, you probably should. And I think the Yankees prepared as best they could. You know, you can kind of cycle in some power. It's not the same power. You know, you got a Cordero. You've got a guy who can actually play in the outfield in Cabrera in Bader you know you you got all these other pieces so I think the Yankees are in a a good spot I don't want to say it's a great spot we're going to definitely miss Stan I know you John I know you're going to miss Stan he's your man crush but yeah I'm I'm not too I have no idea how this guy is always getting hurt 
It's crazy. I am in me and Castle. Now we're, we're both in our forties and I run sprints. Like I run distance twice a week. I run sprints twice a week and I have not pulled a hamstring yet slowing down. And I, I'll do it. Like, you know, we have kind of hills here, not too hilly like you have in the Northeast, but like I'll be running sprinting up a hill and I'll slow down and no, no hamstring problems yet. So I don't get it. Uh, but my next question, Cassim, you mentioned how you've been a fan of John Carlos Stanton since Miami. He, John Carlos Stanton came to the Yankees, and you're thinking we got ourselves a future Hall of Famer. Like the past couple of years, it's been rough. Do you think John Carlos Stanton has ruined his chances to be uh, to make it into the Hall of Fame, or do you think he still can figure it out, turn it around, and finish out his career strong? Yeah, I'm not too good in looking towards the future of Hall of Fame, but the longer he misses, the chances uh, the wells for him. Uh, Player-wise, man, I never seen a player like him when he was healthy. Just really, it's he was one of the top five best players in the game. <clears throat> um, but I don't know. Ever since he came to New York, man, just just freak injuries just come out of nowhere. But. Uh, it, the way he's going, no, I I don't see him as a Hall of Famer because he doesn't. He's playing out of the whole six months. He's probably playing what four months, three, three and a half, maybe if you add up all the DL stints. But uh, no, if the track record keeps going the way he is, no, he won't be a Hall of Famer. And it's sad because boy, he's when he's healthy. I always said he's one of the top five best players in the game. The guy just hits rockets off the bat man these yes. balls shoot out of the stadium so much power and it's just so sad how his career has gone so yeah maybe that isn't the best way for me to be asking this question about uh looking all the way towards the hall of fame so we'll just kind of narrow it down a little barnes do you think he can even finish out his career strong at this point uh, what what's your definition of strong? Is it the uh, forty year old running up a small hill slope strong, or is it like as the dominant hitter who was once a league MVP in two thousand seventeen? Uh, I don't think we'll see that anymore. We're long past that MVP season. I think we're even past like a like a pretty good player season. I don't really expect him to hit more than. 33 home runs for as long as he's playing and 33 is a bunch 33 is a lot of home runs but you know we're looking at a guy who you were looking at hitting over 30 and like around 100 rbis like that was his potential and with the injuries maybe he'll get some home runs 70 80 rbis but uh, it, it's going to be one of those contracts where you go man this stinks uh when he's when he's healthy, he's great. When he's anything less than healthy, like uh, in anything less than one hundred percent, you're like, what the hell are we doing with Stanton? So there's two players that you know, Stanton and the other guy that got traded from Miami. And that's Yelich. I mean, these two were on a Hall of Fame career status going up, and those two got hit by injuries real bad. I mean, bad. Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter was a genius to dump those two guys when he did. Like he did the Marlins a huge favor. He did. Uh, a lot of people don't want to give him credit, but my Jeter did it smart. He rebuilt Miami for in five years. I think he was there for five years. 
Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like they, the Marlins would be strapped down with Stanton and his contract right now if they didn't dump that when they did. And they wouldn't be able to get, like, I mean, they struggle enough as is. How much worse would that team be? At least the Yankees can absorb Stanton's contract. So I'm glad we're actually talking about Stanton's contract because we have this game, Fair Foul, and this is the Stanton episode. So the first question in Fair Foul is going to actually have to do with John Carlos Stanton's contract. So Oh, you guys know the game. I'm going to give a statement. You're going to tell me fair if you agree with it. Follow if you disagree and any thoughts you have on it. So we're starting with John Carlos Stanton's contract. Fair or foul? John Carlos, John Carlo contract, Stanton, John Carlo contract, Stanton. John Carlo Stanton's contract is going to go down as a worse contract than Alex Rodriguez. Fair or foul? Uh, Cassim, I'll go to you first. Uh, foul. I thought A-Rod's contract was worse than he was. Stanton, if you look at both players, when we got them, they were both in their prime. And they did great uh, just staying with his injuries. But is it is it fair or foul? No, it's foul. Because Stanton could still produce. He could still play. He's still at a high-level player. A-Rod, towards the end, when they signed him to that 10-year contract, the second one, that was obvious that you know it's not going to end well. Stanton at the time when we traded for him, uh, it was perfect. We needed another big bop in the lineup to go along with Aaron Judge, and Stan was a perfect fit. I mean, I remember we looked at a picture and they were showing Stanton in uniforms, and they showed the Yankees, uh, Yankee pinstripes on him. I'm like, man, this fits perfect, man. It just might happen. And what do you know? The deal went through, and I, I was happy. So, uh, no, I think it's foul. Uh, Stan could still play at a high level. A-Rod, it just, let's see here. A-Rod signed a contract. What year was it when he was a free agent? He, so he came to the Yankees and then opted out after 2007 and signed for another 10 years. So, and then he got bought out towards the end. So I don't remember. So it was like roughly about 11 or 12 years he played for the Yankees. If you want to include the suspended season, I don't know. Yeah, um, but he, so Barnes, we're going over the, all the A Rod drama. What about you? Uh, is Stan's contract worse than A Rod's fair foul? Uh, duh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's fair. The I think at the time you look at the mass amount of money for both these players, you're like, holy cow! Like these guys are getting humongous deals, probably the bet the biggest deals at those times. A Rod had a bunch of great years for the Yankees in a row. I, I just pulled it up real fast uh, from 2004 when he joined the Yankees through 2010 season. He had over 100 RBIs for the club. Then he started to tail off 2011, 2012, you know, under six. Uh, he had 62, 57. You know, back in 2015, he came back for 86. So he really tailed off near the end. But, you know, he was uh, 35 at that time. Giancarlo Stan now is already starting to fall off and he's not even he's not even 35. So, you know, Alex Rodriguez was pulling off MVP type seasons. I think A-Rod was better for the Yankees than Giancarlo Stan. That feels weird to say. Uh that kind of hurt me a little bit, but um yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say it's fair. Giancarlo's contract is worse than A-Rod's. Oh, this is awesome. So we got a split and I have to come in and weigh in with mine. Now, I thought this was a really good question because 
I really like Stanton as a player, and I think he, despite the fans booing him and everything, he conducts himself very well as a Yankee, whereas A-Rod, he had all those great highs. He was always on the field, but it was always an embarrassment with him. It's like, what's next? What today? How is this guy going to make us look bad today? So there are, in a lot of ways, just polar opposites. Um, It's tough, too, because, you know, their contracts are, like, you know, I think staying the average annual value is $25 million a year, and that's kind of what A-Rod was, too. Um, It's hard because I've gone back and forth on this, but at the end of the day, um, as Yankee fans, the most important thing is winning the World Series, and A-Rod has one where Stanton currently has zero. Uh, so I guess I have to go A-Rod. Uh, it's fair that Stan's contract is worse. Stan can change that, though, with the World Series this year, next year. If Stan per- contributes to that and then it's e- equal, 1-1 with World Series, then I'm probably leaning more towards foul and Stan's A-Rod's is the worst contract. So that's that one. Number two, uh, we were talking about Franchi Cordero earlier. We know he's a kid. the kid has got talent but he can never really seem to put it together for long stretches. So fair or foul, we'll see another hot streak from Franchi Cordero before Harrison Bader plays again. Uh, Barnes. Uh, Foul. (laughs) I'm going to go with foul. I I don't think Cordero is going to get hot right before Bader gets back. I think the Yankees are just trying to platoon a bunch of different heads out there. Between Cabrera, Hicks, Judge, IKF, Calhoun, Cordero, that's six different heads covering three positions. And uh, I I just – I don't see it, even though I want to see it, because it would just be fun. You know, is Francis Cordero this awesome thing? No. Is it exciting when he hits it really far? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with foul here. Cassim, you're the Francis Cordero fan, so – Brian Cashman fires Aaron Boone. He says, look, I listened to Bleacher Brawl's podcast. This guy cast him. He always has my back over that idiot, John, who's always crashing me. I'm firing Aaron Boone. I'm putting Cassim in as manager. Cassim, you put it, Franchi Cordero in the lineup. Are you, we get another hot streak from him before Harrison Bader takes the field again. Yes. I think there's another hot streak because he's going to be playing all the time. So I'm, I'm going with it. Yeah, I believe in it. I think it's fair. By the way, when does Bader come back? Uh, it's supposed to be like we'll say May first, give or take a couple of days. He's supposed oh, to so be starting close. a rehab assignment this week, so May first, couple give or take a couple of days. My, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fair. He's got another hot streak in him. Uh, we're gonna get a chance to like really stick it to the Red Sox fans, and we get a couple weeks of Frenchy Cordero just stepping up. Getting hot and helping the Yankees win a couple games until we get Bader back in the lineup. Real quick, what constitutes a hot streak for Franchi Cordero? Like a home run every other game type thing? Is it uh, not striking out every at bat? I think would probably not stri- <laughs> Oh, so if he if he flies out every at bat, it's okay. <laughs> Understood. I just got to know what I'm getting myself into when I take the other side. <laughs> All right, guys, so I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I had some fun talking football with you guys last week. Uh, I So I had to slip this one in here, too, because I've been seeing this all offseason. And we're New York sports fans. We're not Jets fans here, but we're New York sports fans. So we are aware of the Jets and all their futility over the years. I have been saying all offseason long, I don't care that Lamar Jackson is a restricted free agent. 
If you're the Jets, Lamar Jackson should be your priority. That's the guy you should be going for, and Aaron Rodgers is plan B. I want to hear you guys, your thoughts on that. Jets go after Aaron Rodgers instead. Or Jets make Lamar Jackson the priority over Aaron Rodgers. Fair foul. Kasim, you go first. The Jets should go after Lamar or Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I think Aaron Rodgers, the Jets are going to land a quarterback. But I believe at the end it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I think the pieces that they got, uh, Lamar. I won't lie to you, John. I'm not a fan of Lamar Jackson. I don't think he can take you to the next level. I don't think he can win you a Super Bowl. That's the honest truth. I think a perfect fit for Lamar Jackson would be at the Atlanta Falcons. I think Aaron Rodgers, just for a two-year period, would be perfect for the Jets. I'll tell you why. It's because the Jets right now, they're going all in. And I'm a big fan of Robert Sala. But um, Robert Sala, to me, if they land Aaron Rodgers, if the Jets don't do nothing this year, I think Aaron Robert Sala could be fired. And I hate to see it, but I think it's going to happen. Uh, for me, I'd, I would go with Aaron Rodgers. You just got two years. To be honest with you, Lamar, man, um, it's, he could have good regular season stats, but it's just it's the next level, the playoffs. Uh, he hasn't shown. He really hasn't. And I know Baltimore, they got that very good system with John Harbaugh. I love what they're doing. I love I'm a big Harbaugh guy. But um, for winning-wise, I'm, I'm going to take my chance with Rodgers. I really am. And I think the Jets need a throwing quarterback. Lamar, don't get me wrong. He can maybe throw, but it's not It's not like It's not like Aaron Rodgers. That's the honest truth. So that's my take. All right. And Barnes, what about you? Jets, should they be going after Lamar Jackson instead of Aaron Rodgers? Foul. Definitely foul here. I Aaron Lamar Jackson is a fun toy. You know, you're playing Madden at home with your kids, your boys, you know, your friends, just online. Yeah, you want to use the Baltimore Ravens so you can run around with Lamar Jackson and just like do tricks on people. Like and it, and it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun to watch. It's a ton of fun to like play when you're on the sticks. It's great. But I don't think that the Jets are built to have Lamar Jackson. The Jets have Brees Hall. They've got Michael Carter. They've got great guys in the backfield. They've got Garrett Wilson, who's one of the better up and coming, you know, young wide receivers. You know, you got to figure out a way to get him the ball as much as possible. Aaron Rodgers is going to go, that guy's good at football. I'm getting that guy the ball. So they're, the the if the Aaron Rodgers plan fails, sure, go for it. But it's, he shouldn't be the priority. Wow. You guys actually both are almost convincing me that I've been wrong this entire time. And that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so, all right. With that being said, uh, we're going to wrap it up, close it out. You guys know me. I love to eat. want to talk ballpark food. You guys go to the baseball game. What are you have? You're going to go eat whatever you want, whether it be Yankee stadium, any other stadium. Like, what are you going and getting for your favorite ballpark food? Barnes, your turn to go first. Here we go. I'm stepping up, and uh, you can be sure to check out my column on bleacherbrawls.com. Shameless plug here. Check out the Somerset Patriots home opener. But I'm a huge hot dog and Cracker Jack guy. I need, a, I need at least one hot dog. I need some Cracker Jack because I'm still a little child on the inside. I think everyone here knows that I'm just a giant child. Um, and then I usually just grab uh, like a Coke. You know, I'm I don't I'm not a big drinker or anything. Uh, I usually drive to the game. So I got to make sure whoever I'm driving 
gets home safe. So I'm a big hot dog Cracker Jack guy, maybe with a Coke. I don't know. Cass, what about you? Well, when I go to Comerica Park to watch the Tigers, uh, they actually got halal hot dogs now. So we had that last year, but it was very good. So I grabbed like a couple of hot dogs. Usually I'm not, I don't eat at the ballpark, to be honest with you. I'm maybe grabbing some nachos. Now they got halal hot dogs, so I grab a hot dog. But usually sunflower seeds, dipping dots when it's nice and warm outside. You know, I have a Coke myself. Uh, that's That's mostly what I eat at the ballpark usually. So, or... I eat before I go to the ballpark, and that's about it. <laughs> I like that. The sunflower seeds is old school. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. You eat, watching a baseball game, eating sunflower seeds, that goes together really well. For me, like, and it's maybe it's just a nostalgia factor, but especially with the old Yankee Stadium, like, I love the sausage and peppers. I go to Yankee Stadium, I'm going sausage and peppers, and it just goes so nicely with the cold beer. Uh, I always go to sausage and peppers over the hot dog. That's just my personal preference. And I haven't been, I was at, when I came down here in Texas, I've been to a bunch of ballparks, but I got to sh- give a shout out to old ballpark at Arlington, Rangers Old Stadium. Uh, I went there a couple of years ago and they had fried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which were just amazing. I love peanut butter and jelly and I'd never had a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. My advice to anybody, if you are in a situation where you have the opportunity to get a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Go for it. You are not going to go wrong. I can I can only imagine the deep fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I've done something similar where I kind of just put like um, an uncrustable, not a sponsor yet. Uh, hey, uncrustables, if you're listening, we would love your sponsorship. Uh, give us a shout. Uh, but what I'll do is I'll like fry it in a frying pan, get it like nice and toasty and crispy, almost like a French toast. It's not the same, but similar idea. Make it nice and warm. Melted I can only imagine it's butter fried. is good. And I mean, Uncrustables, I know you're listening. Like, reach out to me. We will eat your Uncrustables frozen. We'll warm them up in a pan. We will fry them. We will air fry them. Whatever you need for your advertisement, we are happy to do it. Uh, Uncrustables are awesome. Barnes, grape or strawberry Uncrustables? Uh, I don't discriminate, but if I had to pick, give me the classic grape. My man, that's it. <laughs> All right, guys. With that, uh, I think we've had a great episode. Uh, awesome time talking to you guys. We're going to close it out. Uh, Cass and Barnes, any last words? NFL draft. <laughs> Next week might have to be the draft episode. Yeah. The uh, dad, if you're listening, I just want to let you know. First off, I love you. There's nothing that's ever going to change that. I love you, Dad. However, Anthony Volpe is my boy. Not your boy. He's my boy. And if you don't understand that joke, once again, check that column out that I wrote on BleacherBrawls.com. It's for my guys. Um, but, yeah, Dad, just just shut your mouth. He's my boy, all right? Relax. And we cannot end it any better. Thanks again for listening. This is John with Barnes Casum, and we're saying goodbye to you and good evening from Bleacher Bros. <laughs>